What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Crime Ghoul, a true crime podcast where I'm your host, Brittany, and I'm joined by my very cute little co-host, Kylo. I hope everyone enjoyed their holiday season, and if you did not, don't worry, because better days are ahead. So today's episode is a little more disturbing than other cases I have covered in the past, so please listen with caution, viewer, well, listener discretion is heavily advised, because I will be talking about graphic detail in regards to a minor, so if that's not something you want to listen to, I totally get it. This episode and maybe this podcast just isn't for you, and that's okay. But if you're ready to start listening, we could get right into it. Pull up a chair, brew yourself a cup of coffee, maybe pour yourself a glass of wine, or take a shot of whiskey, because this story is not for the faint of heart. As always, thank you guys for listening, and let's get to it. So this case may be difficult for some of you to understand. And when I say this, I mean, what I'm trying to say is it can be really difficult to wrap your mind around the fact that everybody thinks differently. Also, I'm pretty sure a lot of us know that common sense is not always so common. And I mean, no offense when I say this, it's just purely a fact. I mean, think about it. How many times do you catch yourself during a day or throughout a day saying, you know, why would this person do that? Or come on, like, you know better. How, like, why would you make such a silly or dumb mistake? Well, sometimes we think we know better or that we should know better. But understand me when I say that you can contemplate all you want when it comes to what you would do in a certain situation, but you can never truly know how you would act or what you would do if you were in a certain situation. Therefore, I don't think we can ever truly understand why people do the things that they do or make the decisions that they make. So today's case is about the murder of eight-year-old Cherish Lily Periwinkle. And I know what you're thinking. Cherish Periwinkle? What a name. Well, Cherish was a little girl from Jacksonville, Florida, and her case is going to frustrate you. I promise you that. But I always tell people, try and put yourself in the other person's shoes Try to listen to the details of someone's life, embody it for just a second, just a moment, and think about your responses if you had lived the same life, if you had lived through the same situation. It's not always so easy, is it? Well, Cherish's mother, her name's Rain Periwinkle, she was not always an upstanding person or a parent. She actually failed at parenting quite a few times. Rain was originally from Australia, and at a young age, she came over to America And she left her parents, her sister, and her own firstborn child behind. That's right. Rain's firstborn daughter. I can't quite remember the eldest daughter's name, but I do know that she was the oldest child that Rain had. And she technically, well, she is the eldest sister to Cherish and Cherish's two younger sisters, Nevea and Destiny. So the oldest daughter would go on to have interviews explaining what it was like being the daughter of Rain Periwinkle. And it was kitty cats and rainbows and sparkles and glitter, so to speak. It was quite the opposite. It was very dark. And her daughter explained how she had to grow up very quickly. She had to become self-reliant because she couldn't rely on her mother. She would explain that she was actually really happy when Rain left Australia and she went to America. She was happy to live with her her aunt and her aunt's children and husband, and it was just a much better environment for her. So this kind of gives you an idea of what it was like being the child of Rain Periwinkle. So I want you guys to have that background so you know what we're going into. So Rain ended up living in Florida, and she did what she could for her children. And I'm not trying to make her sound like a saint or anything like that. Many would argue that she actually did not do enough, and this may be true, but I'm not here to bash Rain. Cherish is the most important part of this story, and her story needs to be told. Cherish's father was not married to Rain Periwinkle. In fact, Cherish was not a planned pregnancy. Her father, Billy Giroux, had met Rain in a homeless shelter. He had been a a part of the Navy, and he ended up in Florida homeless. 
And during his time at the homeless shelter, he would meet exotic dancer Rain, and they had a one-night stand. It wasn't until a little while later that Rain contacted him saying, you know, you have a daughter, and he demanded a paternity test. And he ended up in California at this point. I guess he left Florida and he moved on to start a new life. And he demanded, you know, Rain get a paternity test because, of course, he wasn't just going to believe her. He knew that she lived a risky lifestyle and she was an exotic dancer. So he wanted to be sure that if he had, if she was claiming he had a child, that it was legitimate. So this pissed Rain off and she kind of freaked out on him and it was the beginning of the end of their friendship or anything. And from then on out, Billy kind of went around for two, almost two years, not really believing that it was his daughter until finally Rain tried suing him for child support. So of course a paternity test was needed to prove that Billy was actually the father of Cherish. So all in all, it could have been a whole lot easier if Rain just would have went through with the paternity test to begin with. But of course, we don't always do things the easy way. But needless to say, Cherish is the biological daughter of Billy Giroux. Billy started his quest to gain child custody. He wanted custody of his daughter, but it just wasn't working out that way. Of course, when it comes to um, custody battles and everything, usually they like to keep the children with the mother. And at the time, both parents were pretty unfit to parent cherish. And it just so happened the cards fell into Rain's hands and she just had a better shitty situation than Billy did. And that's just putting it lightly, not getting into all the crazy details. But needless to say, Billy would end up fighting for custody of his daughter for the rest of Cherish's life. And him and his, I guess, wife or his fiance, whoever she was at the time, you know, they were in it together trying to get custody because at this point, the courts granted visitation for Billy only on holidays. So he had an extensive criminal history behind him. Well, I don't want to say extensive. It could have been worse, but he was was known for being abusive and domestically violent to past wives, which really got him in trouble, of course, as it should. Like, who's to say he would have hurt Cherish? I don't know. This was mainly domestic abuse, but Cherish was his only kid, so who knows? He could very well have abused her. And there was one occasion where Cherish went to school and she had come back from visiting Billy during a holiday and she had a handprint left on her back. So, of course, if that happened at home, she had to go to school with that. It was clearly a bruise. It bruised at that point. So kind of an idea. You know, Rain was, of course, very upset by that, which I would have been, too. But it just goes to show that he probably was no better than Rain, if not worse. And there are rumors more so through Reddit and other forums that Billy had sexually assaulted a child. However, I couldn't find actual evidence of that. So take take that and make it what you will, but it's not concrete. So Cherish did visit her dad from time to time, like I said, on holidays. And sometimes he got other types of visitation, not for very long. But it was June 21st, 2013, and Rain was getting Cherish ready to leave for California the next day because she was going to meet her father and stay there for a little bit. So it was just a normal visit. And at the time, Rain was really strapped for money, and her boyfriend was only able to give her a little bit of money. He handed her a $100 bill, and the cash was mainly for the transportation to get Rain to the airport because neither one of them had a car. They relied on public transportation or walking. So... They knew, obviously, Cherish had to get on a plane, so they were going to need to be able to go back and forth to the airport. So he gave the money to Rain so she could go buy some necessities for the house and whatever she needed for um, Cherish's trip and, you know, told her to be very stingy with it because they needed that transportation money. Rain wanted to get Cherish a new dress for her trip the next day. She knew she was going to be with her father for a few days and just wanted to make sure she had clothes or good look I should say better looking clothes to bring with her so she took Cherish and her other two daughters and they made their way to a Dollar General store that day and it wasn't too far away from home it was a 20 minute walk and they all walked together with the youngest in a stroller and by 7 30 p.m they made it to the store 
While browsing the store, Rain found a dress that would look super cute on Cherish. She brought it up to the cash register to ask how much it was. And if you guys aren't familiar with Dollar Generals, the prices really range. Um, not everything's a dollar like a regular dollar store. Some things can go up to five or ten dollars. So she wasn't sure how much the dress was. And when she found out that the price was higher than she originally thought, and she knew she wouldn't really have enough money or she might, you know, really cut it close. She handed the dress back to the cashier and feeling discouraged. She walked back onto the store floor and she continued looking for something like anything that would look cute on Cherish. But little did she know that there was a shadow following her and her girls. And this shadow was an older gentleman that went by the name Donald Smith. Donald saw what happened with Rain and kind of was eavesdropping and noticed that Rain didn't have the money to pay for it. So he immediately went up to the cashier and asked, you know, what happened with that woman in this dress? And the cashier explained, oh, you know, they just couldn't afford it, so they wanted to put it back. Donald asked him, do you think it'd be wrong if I bought it and gave it to the mother? And the cashier replied, you know, sir, I don't know. That's completely up to you. That's really not my place to say. So... Donald said, you know, what the heck? He bought the dress and he approached Rain and basically told her, you know, ma'am, I saw you couldn't buy this dress for your daughter and I bought it for her. So please take it. You know, she needs it. It's clothing. Of course, Rain was extremely taken back by this. She wasn't used to kind people and she figured that there had to be a catch. There was always a catch. But this white haired gentleman said, nope, no catch. You know, my wife has a $150 gift card to Walmart. Why don't you meet us at Walmart and I'll buy your children some new clothes. We really don't need the gift card. We just need to pick up a few things. And I could see that you guys are struggling and it would make me really happy to help you. And my wife would be more than willing to help you. Truly, we don't, we don't need the money. And I see, I know how difficult it is to raise children. I have a couple of my own. So Rain was like, oh, that's so nice of you, but we don't have a car or anything, so thank you anyway. We wouldn't even be able to meet you there. And, you know, Rain wished him a good day, and they, she walked out of the store with her girls, and they were standing right outside of the exit. I guess she was getting her stuff situa situated, and Donald approached her, and he was driving his white van. He explained that he had plenty of room for all of them, and Walmart was just up the block, like a two-minute drive away, no joke. And he had no problem driving them. And Rain felt something inside of her that told her to turn around and walk the other way. And then the thought came to her and out loud, she asked, you know, well, you said your wife's meeting you, but where is she? Like, what is she doing right now? And if, is she going to be at Walmart? Is she really going to meet, meet you there? And he said, yeah, we're meeting there. You're going to meet her if you come with me. She's on her way home from work and we already agreed to meet. And I was out running errands anyway. So Cherish looks at her mom and her mom looks at her and she just knows deep down how badly all the girls need clothing. And she knew that she just she didn't have the means and she had no idea when she was going to have the means to buy better clothing for them. I don't know if any of you have ever struggled with money or if you're a parent who struggles with money or if you had parents who struggled with money and couldn't really provide you what you needed or how it was difficult for them to pay for certain things for their children. But it's really not a good feeling at all. And if you've ever grown up with parents who couldn't afford certain things, I'm sure you could find yourself sympathizing with this woman. If you're in her same situation, I'm sure you could find yourself sympathizing with her. And it's okay, because these are problems that occur every day. Fortunately, there are people out there who do want to help people stuck in these situations or stuck in a rut. But unfortunately... There are also people who prey upon these challenges and these shortcomings, and they use them to their advantage. Serene so said, listen, mister, I don't ever get in the car with strangers, but I think what you're trying to do is very kind, and it's going to help me a great deal. So you know what? We're, I'm going to take the chance and we're going to go with you. And Rain's logic, her internal dialogue was, you know, if his wife is going to meet us there, everything should be okay. He has a wedding ring. He's a married man. And he looks like he could be a grandpa. Maybe I'm just being paranoid. And who knows when I'm going to get another opportunity like this. And 
Donald saw that she was kind of having this internal battle with herself and was like, I'm a good driver. Do you want to see my driver's license? And of course she was like, I guess so. And she saw it and it was just another thing to make her think, you know, I'm just acting irrational. There are good people out there. So why not just take this helping hand and try not to freak out too much? But unfortunately, Rain puts herself and her girls in Mr. Smith's car, and that would be the beginning of the end for Cherish Periwinkle. Now, let's stop and evaluate a few things here, people. For starters, I'm sure Stranger Danger was the first thing to come to your mind, and the next had to be the alarm bells ringing when you heard that Donald approached Rain and her children in a white van. Immediately, the obvious is already right in front of you. An odd man with questionable kindness and a creeper van. This is the part in the horror movie where we say, don't go in the basement or don't go in there alone or the part where we're screaming, are you kidding me? But here's the thing. This isn't a movie. This is someone's real life. And if you think horror movies are stupid because the characters do the most obviously dumb things, well, folks, I hate to tell you, but if you haven't realized already, as human beings, Good choices or the best decisions. In fact, human beings aren't all that bright. I mean, we like to believe we are, and trust me, in so many ways we are, but we're also human. We make mistakes. And unfortunately, sometimes we make dumb mistakes and the wrong people face the consequences for our own actions. The fact of the matter is that every day we make stupid mistakes or bad decisions, or maybe we could have done something better than we did. Maybe we could have handled something better than we did. And the horrible part about this is that these actions can come with unimaginable consequences. And this is exactly what happened. Rain shopped around with her girls for quite a while inside the Walmart. It was a super Walmart. You know, the type that have the big McDonald's, the nail salons, the hair salons, the banks, and just the large-ass Walmart. But Rain couldn't help but feel that this was too good to be true. She was thankful that they weren't kidnapped or anything like that. And this is where she realized that she had to have been paranoid and irrational. She found solace in knowing that her and her girls were now in a public grocery store where there were tons of witnesses, tons of people around should anything happen. And this man, Don, well, that's what he wanted them to call him anyway, was starting to seem off. She started realizing that maybe, maybe there was something not quite right with him. But then she was also having that battle with herself, like, am I being crazy? Am I being overprotective? But he kept offering to bring Cherish to the dressing room so she could try on some clothes while she helped the other girls look for clothing. And Rain kept a very close eye on him. and. From what she saw, she didn't think he went into the dressing room with her. And the dressing room attendant didn't see him go in with the little girl. But the fact that he wanted to take her at all seemed very odd to Rain, as it should. But then again, Rain was not used to being, you know, people being kind to her. So she thought that she was being paranoid, that she was being overprotective. And she didn't want to come off as rude to the person who was going to buy her and her three children clothing. So she didn't say anything. So I know that becomes difficult for a lot of people. And already we're going to start with our own internal dialogue where we're like, ah, screw that. You're not bringing my kids to the dressing room. Okay, but you're also not a parent who comes from absolutely no money, living in America alone with no family. Yes, it was her choice, but... We make choices all the time and it doesn't make life any less difficult for us. And I don't know about you guys, but being rude to people, that's my biggest problem. It's really hard for me to kind of just stick it to someone when they're doing the wrong thing. And hopefully the story teaches us to be a little more vigilant in that when our gut is telling us something is wrong, you should always go with that gut feeling. Obviously, from an outsider's point of view, you're listening to this story and I'm sure you're thinking, oh, hell no, is that man taking my child to a dressing room near, outside of, inside of, that he's not going anywhere near that dressing room. But again, we're quick to judge and we're quick to point out other people's flaws and their flawed thinking. But again, you don't know what that pressure is feeling is and you don't know what it's like to be in Rain's shoes. So 
And things start to get a little more weird as Rain sees Cherish coming up to her with this pair of heels, and the heel is way too high for her, obviously. I mean, this girl's eight years old, nine years old, and she's coming up to her mom saying, Mommy, can I have these shoes? And there's Donald saying, Oh, they look really good on her. And of course, now Rain's putting her foot down. Now she's like, enough is enough. She said, absolutely not. I wouldn't wear a heel this large, well, this tall. No way in hell is my eight-year-old daughter wearing them. So, you know, she kind of looks at Don and is like, no, why would you even suggest that? This is a adult woman shoe. She's a child. And he was just like, oh, you know, she just really likes them. I think for dress up, it would be, uh, it would be good. Rain's like, no, 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 I don't think so. And he lets it go. He's like, okay, yeah, you're the mother. And that's right, honey, you are the mother. So that happens. So Rain is noticing that he is paying a lot of attention to Cherish. And maybe it's because, you know, Cherish is an older daughter. The other two are younger and they don't really talk as much. So I guess for her, she's like, maybe that's it. Maybe they're she's just more talkative to him than the other two. I don't know. But now it's getting later. It's around like 8.30. And of course, they're hungry. And Don kind of plays off of this. He goes, you know, I'm going to go to McDonald's. I'm going to go get some food. What do you guys want? And Cherish runs over to her mom and is like, oh, Donald's is offering to buy us dinner. Like, can we get some? Can we get some? And she's like, from where? And he says, oh, the McDonald's. And the McDonald's is right in front of this clothing department, right there. I don't know if you've been in Walmarts or anything like that, but I've definitely been in a Walmart that's right in front of a McDonald's. Like you just walk like a few feet and there you are. You're, you turn the corner, you're in McDonald's. So this is what happens. Rain says, you know, I guess I could use some cheeseburgers and Donald's like, okay, like what about the other girls? And she tells him and Cherish is like, can I go with him, mommy? Can I go with him? And she looks at him and he's like, you know, we'll be right back. It's not a big deal, whatever. And Rain could see McDonald's right right there. So she's like, okay, I'm right here. As long as I could see you, that's fine. It's not a big deal. Okay. That would be the biggest mistake Rain has probably ever made in her life. So what happens next is pretty crazy. But right as Cherish and Donald are going to walk away. They're walking to McDonald's and Rain sees them turn inside of the McDonald's. So they walk in and her youngest daughter starts throwing a bit of a temper tantrum. So, of course, Rain's like, all right, they're in McDonald's. I saw them go in. It's fine. Of course, she tends to her youngest child who's crying. And in this split second, if she would have just kept her head up for a little bit longer and been directed towards that McDonald's, she would have watched Donald and Cherish walk outside of the Walmart exit. Donald walking and Cherish skipping right behind him. And I'm sure onlookers would just think, oh, this girl's with her grandfather. Obviously, you wouldn't think anything of it. The amount of children I pass by in a day when I'm at work or I'm in a grocery store or the mall, and I see them with an adult and, you know, there's no signs of anyone being hurt or no one's crying no one's being forced to go with anyone of course I'm really not going to look at it I'm not going to pay attention to it I'm just passing a child and an, an older adult clearly they have to be related like that's just that's what you think you don't stop and look at every child and adult I mean maybe now you will I know since I'm into true crime I probably look at this more than most people do but in that split moment they're gone just like that Turns out McDonald's was closed and they went outside. Later, we would get Donald's take of this story, but I'll continue on. So Rain continues shopping and about 30 minutes go by. Her daughter's not back. Donald's not back. It's getting late. Walmart's kind of like putting out their announcements, you know, attention, the store is going to close soon. And now Rain's sweating. She's panicking. Where's my kid? She goes up to the McDonald's, the lights are off, the chairs are on top of the table, and her heart drops to her stomach. Where's my kid? So immediately she's like running up to associates. She's like, help, help me, somebody help me. I can't find my daughter. I need my daughter. She's frantic. 
nobody's helping her. Everybody's just looking at her like she's crazy. She goes up to customer service and she's like, my daughter, I need help finding my daughter. Nobody reacts. There's no sense of urgency. They're kind of like, who is this lady? She's got a full ass cart. If you ever worked in retail and you've ever been there right before the store is closing, of course, you're kind of ticked off. You're like, this lady lost her kid or, you know, she's irresponsible. She's got a whole cart full of shit. She's got two kids crying. Like, come on, I just want to go home. Finally, somebody decides to give Rain a listen. And before you know it, they're on the phone to 911. And I'm going to play this 911 call for you because you need to hear it. Just be mindful that some names are going to be kind of blanked out. So if you hear a silence, that's that's all that is. It's because they had to keep the person's privacy until it was released or if it was released to the news. So just be aware of that. And yeah, we'll kind of uh, go over it right after it's done. Jackson, I'm one Robinson. Hi, I'm at Walmart. I'm in terrific and taken. What do you mean? Taken by a stranger. I can't find her. Okay, ma'am, how old is And you say you have the Walmart on Limb Turner? Yes, I am. Okay, when was where did you last see her at? Walmart. I met a man today at Dollar General. He saw that I was struggling to buy them some clothes. He drove us here to buy us some clothes, and the only reason I went with him because he said his wife was going to be here. Because I told him I don't take rides with strangers. Okay, ma'am. What's... Yes. And her her last name? Can you spell that for me, please? And is she a white female, black female? Excuse me? Is she a white or black female? What color is she wearing? I don't remember what clothes she's wearing because I'm panicking right now. I'm trying not to panic. Okay, and she was last seen with this man? Yes, he went. To, he said he was going to McDonald's, and he he hasn't been there because the store is closed right now. Okay, is he a white man or a black man? A white man. He's got white short hair. And he's got dark eyebrows. You said dark dark short hair? No, he's got white hair and dark eyebrows. I had a strange feeling about him when I first met him. He took her to the, he took her to the, to, to the dressing room twice, and I was hoping that she would be okay. And I was looking at the shoes, and I didn't want him to think that I was overly protective, freaking out. But now they're not here, and I find it very odd because he knew that. Oh, okay, ma'am. What color vehicle does he drive? It's a white van. That, do you remember any stickers or anything on the side of the van? Anything that you can remember at all? Did it have tinted windows or anything? I know he's got carpet in the van. I didn't take a good look. Sorry. And he, he said what? I didn't take a good look at the van. Okay, do you remember what, did you see any tag on it or anything? Was it no. a Florida tag? No, I didn't look at that. I feel like a fool. Okay, can you remember what he had on? No, I don't remember anything because I'm panicking right now. Okay, ma'am, what's your name? My name's... He said his name is Dawn. He said he was supposed to meet his wife here, and his wife never showed up, and I couldn't figure out why. His wife didn't even show up at Dollar General. And he told you that y'all were going to meet his wife at um, the Walmart? Yes. First, she was supposed to show up at Dollar General, and then he was going to meet with her at, at Walmart. And we've been here probably two hours. And she didn't show up, and... I had this cart full of clothes that he said he was going to pay for with a $100 gift card. And I, excuse me, I, I had a bad feeling. I thought, well, I feel like pinching myself because this is too good to be true. So I got to the checkout. He's not here.
isn't here. Now I'm hoping he's not raping her right now. Because I've had that done to me. It's not, it's not fun. Please. She's, she's supposed to go to California in the morning to the plane. And he knows this. I told him this. He knew when the store was closing. I had a bad feeling about him. Okay, how long have you been looking for him? When was the last time you saw him? How long ago? About half an hour ago. About so you've been looking for her for a half an hour? Yes. There's nobody in the store. And he knew the store was closing. He said he was going to McDonald's. She went with him. I should have told her to stay with me. He was going to the McDonald's inside the store? Yes, there's a McDonald's inside the store. He wasn't here. Oh, somebody said they saw him, but he's not here. He should have had the the uh, the nerve to stay in here and wait. He must know that I'm panicking by now. Okay, ma'am, where are you in the store now? Are you outside or where? No, I'm in the front of the store. I think I need to hang up because... Uh, no, ma'am, are you a white female, black female? What shirt five, do you have on? Five eight. What color shirt do you have on? I have on a short black polka dot dress and brown flip-flop sandals. I have long red hair. And you're right in front of the store? Excuse me? Who are you talking to? A uh, Walmart employee there. They're talking to my girls because they haven't had anything to eat. What'd you say, ma'am? They haven't had anything to eat, so the Walmart employee was talking to my girls. Talking to your who? My girls. Okay, you have more kids with you? Yes, I have two. My other ones, I think he, t I think he took her. Okay, ma'am, you have... You think she's been taken? You say you yes. have other kids with you? Yes, I do. He was he was uh he was giving too much attention. He wanted her to buy these really tall shoes that were women's shoes, and I told him no. I said they're too high for her. I wouldn't even wear shoes that high. Maybe he was grooming her. I hope to God he doesn't kill her. I hope to God he doesn't rape her. Okay, and when did you meet him today? I met him at Dollar General in Edgewood. I was struggling with my money to buy the girls some clothes, and he saw that I, what I was doing, and he waited for us outside the store. And he said that he was waiting on his wife to show up. And so I waited around to meet her, and she didn't show up. And then he said, he was going to give us a ride over here to Walmart. And then we waited in the parking lot for maybe 20 minutes for her to show up. She didn't show up. So we all went into the store. We've been here about two hours. And she didn't show up. And I don't understand why he would leave right now unless he's going to rape her and kill her. That's the only reason. And I'm wasting my time standing here. You're not wasting your time, ma'am. We have officers on their way to you. I can't remember what I'm wearing. Ooh. I need to sit down and be calm and close my eyes and try to remember what I'm wearing. Okay, ma'am, just stay in front of the store and then, and yes, try to think about what she's wearing and what he's wearing. So when the officers get there, you can tell them, okay? Yeah. Okay, can you think of anything else about the van or anything? Uh, it had a line around the van as if it were okay. maybe a metal, a, a metal, not a sticker, but maybe, I don't know how to explain. Like a, like a pinstripe? You remember what, no. color, what color the line was? I think it was dark, maybe like a silver. <laughs> and it and it had a big space in the middle of the van where he had taken out where he had taken out a couple of seats and he put my stroller in there or I put the stroller in there.
I don't want him to kill her. I don't want to be one of those parents that are going through this. I feel I feel responsible because I I I told him when I first met him that I was a little bit scared of him because I thought he was waiting to rob us outside the Dollar General because he was just standing there. And he said, well, if you really want that dress for I'll go get it for her. I should have told him no. My 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 girls need clothes so bad. Why I let him do it? But I'm so sorry. These ladies have to put all the clothes back in the store. Can you remember anything else about him? Whenever you were talking to him, did he sound funny, like he had an accent or anything? Or He said he works for Haberjacks. He said he worked for Haberjacks? Yes. Did he say where they lived? No, I don't remember that. He said his wife is from the Virgin Islands. We had a little chat in the in the van on the way over. And did he say he lived on that side of town or anything? He said he, he didn't. He didn't know this part of town. He wasn't sure about this part of town. Oh my gosh! He knows the store is closed. He knows McDonald's is closed. Why in the world would he take? I don't see the van in the in the parking lot or anything where y'all left it. Well. Have you been outside to the parking lot? I went outside the door, but I don't I don't think I see the van. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, he took her. He took her away. Okay, who are you speaking with, ma'am? I'm speaking to a Walmart employee. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Are you outside now, ma'am? Yeah, there's two police officers out here, two police cars. Okay, go ahead and speak with officers. Thank you. So obviously after hearing that, there's a lot to think about. And uh, it's just so frustrating. The whole 911 call, I'm sure, seems very weird to you. And it was. Don't get me wrong, it really was. And I just try to think about what must have been going through Rain's mind. Like... In this call, she clearly knew that her daughter was being groomed and she knew she was being taken to the dressing room and she knew he took her by the hand and brought Cherish, well, took Cherish by the hand and brought her to the dressing room two times. And she said, I hope to God he didn't rape her. Clearly, she knew her gut was telling her there was something there. And Rain mentions she had been raped before. So she clearly knew there were warning signs, but it also is obvious that Rain comes from poverty and she's not the smartest person by any means. She's quite ignorant. So take poverty and ignorance and sometimes you get desperation. So in no way is it ever okay to risk your child's safety for free items and free clothing. But again, it's so hard Well, I mean, it's so easy to be quick to judge and point fingers and what you should have done and what you could have done and how this woman is so stupid. But people, we're not here to bash anybody. We're here to learn a lesson. And that lesson is you go with your gut. You be rude. You need to be rude. Women, you know, not so much like I'm sure. Well, obviously, there are men who are abducted and kidnapped and There are young boys that go through this as well, but women as well. And statistics show that, you know, this stuff kind of happens to women more so than men, but everyone in general, all of you remember, it's okay to be rude. Go with your gut. All you got is yourself and rain in this instance had herself and her children to worry about. And if protecting your kids means being rude to somebody who came off as really nice, then so be it. If it's going to save your child's life, then so be it. But unfortunately, this is just a very bizarre and upsetting circumstance where 
Rain did not go with her gut. She had an idea of what was going on, but she chose desperation and kind of almost she wanted to believe this man so much that something good was happening to her, that somebody was doing a good thing, that she put her instincts aside and she took this man's act of kindness and he preyed upon that. Rain Periwinkle is not the monster here, people, and that's the biggest thing we need to remember. She may have made an extremely idiotic move, but the monster is Donald Smith, and we need to keep this in mind. We need to understand that there are many people in this country who are impoverished and sometimes ignorant, and it doesn't mean that anything was deserved here. Cherish did not deserve to die, and she pays the ultimate price when I tell you exactly what happened to her. But Rain also pays a horrible price. Obviously nowhere near as terrible as her daughter. But this woman will live with the guilt for the rest of her life. And many people don't think she will feel that guilt. I think it's inevitable. I don't think this woman's a sociopath. I don't think she's a psychopath. I think she is an extremely ignorant person who was met with these unfortunate circumstances and made a really, really stupid decision. But at the end of the day, Donald Smith is the problem here. Turns out this man was a registered sex offender and he had found his prey. He preyed upon Rain. He saw his chance in the Dollar Tree. Oh, I'm sorry, Dollar General. And the story gets worse, people. So let me tell you what happens first. What happens to Cherish? And it's not pretty. It's not pretty at all. So let's rewind to when they leave the McDonald's and they go outside, they go to the car, they enter, well, they go to the van, they enter the van, Cherish is in the van and he had convinced Cherish, we're going to get burgers somewhere else. You know, that your, your mom will be fine. It's going to take two seconds. We're going to go up to the Wendy's. It's right there. It's not even a minute away. No worries. We'll be back before they even notice we're gone. So, of course, Cherish being an eight-year-old who wants fast food, who never, who probably never gets fast food, is gung-ho about this. She doesn't know any better. Her mom trusts this man, so she she should trust him. Why not? Turns out there's a couple right next to the van, and Donald unrolls the window and says, going to get cheeseburgers if you want to meet us there or whatever, rolls the window up and goes. These people would end up being witnesses during the court hearing. Because they didn't know Donald at all. This was just an act for Donald to make Cherish seem like, oh, my kid pulled up or my wife's here with my son. Whatever excuse he used, we're going to we're going to tell them to meet us. And that's what he did. And the girl, I'm sure, thought nothing of it. Why would you talk to some random strangers? That's pure manipulation. He is an expert at this. He's a groomer. He's a manipulator. And he knew exactly what to do. And. I can't imagine what it was like when Cherish realized that they wouldn't be going to Wendy's and that she was not going to be going back to her mother. Now, I'm not, I don't want to go into these excruciating details. I'll give you enough to make you understand. You know, a lot of podcasts, um, they feel it's not necessary to go over the injuries sustained by a victim, but people, it is, no matter how difficult. This happened to somebody and this could happen to anybody's child and you should know the risks out there. You should know what's possible and what can happen to your kid if you make a dumb decision. And this is what happens. He ends up, uh, he just ends up horribly raping Cherish and he rapes her and when the forensic pathologist, and for those of you who don't know what a forensic pathologist is, it's a coroner, a coroner for murder victims. So anything that's forensic related that has to do with murder or autopsies, that's what a forensic pathologist does. This doctor, a phenomenal doctor, and I'm going to post her testimony, um, the name of the video on YouTube, so you guys could go look it up and watch it if you want to. Um she goes over what happened to Cherish and her brutal injuries. She breaks down sobbing on the stand. You know just how disgusting and awful these injuries were. The horrible fate that Cherish succumbed 
to, if that's even, I don't even know if that's the right way to use that word, but you know what I mean. She fell to this fate and he viciously raped her to the point where her private areas were just demolished. They were destroyed. He strangled her so badly that, um, it caused a nosebleed and eye bleeds. And I'm really sorry for having to say that. But when you strangle someone, sometimes things hemorrhage. And there were abrasions to her neck. And an abrasion is when skin is rubbed off. This man took this little girl's life, if you even want to call him a man. And this is what happened. A registered sex offender. Many people will say Rain dropped the ball. And don't get me wrong, she did. But who the hell let this person out? Why was he able to walk the streets? Our criminal justice system needs to change, and it needs to change right now. And it's important that we stay up to date on what's going on, and it's important that you're aware of legislation and fighting for justice for children and the whole nine. And I'm going to link a bunch of stuff you could go check out and try and see how you could get more involved because it's important because Cherish could be any one of our children. I have no children yet and one day I will. And I hope to God I am never presented with a situation like this. And I hope to God you never are either. But be aware that there is evil out there and it is important that we go with our gut because your gut is almost never wrong. In all my life, I mean, I'm only 25 years old. I'm not that old. I've always learned either the hard way or because I made the right decision that going with my gut is the best thing to do. You have an instinct inside of you for a reason, people. Use it. When you feel scared, when you feel there's something not right, there's something wrong, don't do it. Don't go with that person. Don't try to make other people happy by giving up your feelings of security, if that makes sense. Now, now of course, um, the problem here, it might have been possible for them to find Cherish before her life was snuffed from her, but unfortunately, the police department didn't take Rain Periwinkle seriously. Now, Rain, don't get me wrong, she kind of seems like a little bit of a basket case, no offense to her, Um, and basket case isn't a very nice term, but I don't know how else to explain her. She seems like a space cadet. She's out there. She's clearly not fit to be a mother, but she starts claiming that she's psychic. She's always wanted to help the police department, and her ESP was telling her her daughter was raped, and she's coming back to her in a casket, word for word, verbatim. Or she's coming back in a box. That her daughter is not alive. She knew. She knew. And whether you want to believe that she was psychic or not, the police thought she was a crackhead, so they didn't take her seriously. And instead, they listed Cherish as a missing person instead of listing her as an abducted child and sending out an Amber Alert. There was no Amber Alert issued, which is absolutely despicable. And don't worry, the officers who were involved with this... They got repercussions, okay? They did face repercussions and punishment, but I'm not here to discuss police and the officers that dropped the ball. A lot of people dropped the freaking ball here, and unfortunately, this poor girl paid the price. So if any any police officers or cops are ever listening to this, even if you think something's not something's a little weird or like this person's a crackhead, she's probably on drugs or drinking, Do it anyway. What's the worst that can happen? You issue an Amber Alert and it's a false alarm? Okay. But completely ignoring this woman was just the wrong thing to do. And, you know, I'm glad that they faced the consequences they needed to face because they they dropped the ball on this girl. And who knows, they probably could have found her. But officers would find her the next morning after a woman... And her mother report a suspicious van, a van that was seen on the news, the local news channel. They said, hey, there was a really sketchy looking van down by the woods over by Highlands Baptist Church, and it looked wrong. Um, It's not there anymore. We passed it and we got home. We put the news on. My aunt told me what was going on. And I was like, 
oh my God, that looks exactly like the van that's down the block. You really need to go check it out. So sure enough, they did, and they investigated, and unfortunately, Cherish's body was found in a creek behind the church. She was left by trees in a little swampy area, and she was just discarded like trash, absolute trash. And it was horrible. One of one of the detectives actually said he stood watch by Cherish's body until the other forensic teams got there to ensure that alligators would not eat her because that area was really well known for alligators. So Smith just did that. He bound her in the back of his van, brutally raped her and strangled her to death and then disposed of her like she was trash. Thank God they were able to locate this van. They immediately identified Smith as the abductor. His van was the main focus and it was really easy to find this guy's van because there was kind of like a stripe on the side. And by the next day after finding Cherish's body, they saw his van on the interstate and they cornered him before he surrendered and he was promptly arrested. And the police already knew who he was. He was a local sex offender with a long criminal history, including numerous offenses against minors. And he was released from jail only three weeks prior to Cherish's murder. Absolutely terrible. Despicable. So, of course, he was arrested and his trial began in February of 2018. It took forever for this man to get a trial. And he was found guilty of first-degree murder and sexual battery. And he was sentenced to death in May of 2018. Now, in my mind, I was like, why the hell did this guy, why didn't he just plead guilty? Why did he have to torture this family? Why? He already did what he did. Why did he have to try to prove himself innocent? Well, really, it's because the defense attorney um, was not allowing him to get a plea bargain. He wanted a plea bargain for just coming forward, forward and fessing up to what he did. And the defense was like, absolutely not. And Mr. Smith, I guess he's terrified of death himself and wanted to fight the death penalty charge. And that's why they went to trial. And guess what? He lost. And there you have it. He was sentenced to death. The judges were in, well, I'm sorry, the juror was in tears after witnessing the crime scene photos of the murder of Cherish Periwinkle. And, oh, I'm sorry. I, You know what? Now that I'm saying this out loud, I'm pretty sure I said defense attorney. No, the prosecution, I'm sorry, the prosecution would not give up the death penalty for him. I'm sorry. I flip-flopped the two. So yeah, the prosecution wanted the death penalty. The defense was like, no, 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 no. We don't want the death penalty. He, he admitted to what he did right away. He didn't try to lie. We we're going to court. And of course the jurors, no, they saw those crime scene photos. They knew what he did and they saw the footage, the whole footage of Dollar General, the whole footage of Walmart, him creeping and constantly getting Cherish on her own and grooming her. And they knew what kind of monster they were dealing with. And the defense even tried to suppress the images of Cherish's body to try to mitigate what truly happened. Well, guess what? Those photos needed to be seen. And as horrifying as they were, this man, he needs to be put to death. I'm sorry. I don't know if you agree with the death penalty or not, but for something so brutal... Um, it's in God's hands now. And if this is what he was convicted of, so be it. And I'm damn glad he was. And he keeps trying um, to get a new trial and everything saying, you know, like, oh, um, the jurors weren't focused primarily on law. They were focused on their raw emotions and da, 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 da. Obviously his appeals keep getting denied, thankfully. But there you have it, folks. Shortly after Cherish was found slain to death, um, Rain Periwinkle lost custody of her two children for, you know, negligence. And clearly she wasn't fit to be a mother. She was given 12 months to try to recuperate and reestablish herself in which she wasn't able to because she claimed that she couldn't hold a job after Cherish's death because she was so distraught, which I'm sure is completely true. But also that when she did apply to other jobs, they wouldn't 
they wouldn't hire her primarily for the fact that they knew who she was and they knew what happened to her daughter and they judged her. Not sure what is exactly true and what, you know, what's true and what's false, but needless to say, Rain's um, oldest daughter would end up bidding for the custody of her two half sisters and they would end up going to Australia to live with their family. They were placed up for adoption before that here in the United States and their family in Australia fought tooth and nail. And thankfully they got the custody of those two girls and now they live happily in Australia. And for rain, I can't say too much. I don't really know what's going on with her as of 2020 going to 2021, but who knows now the, crazy part about this well I mean it was already crazy enough but apparently according to Rain and I mean we don't have any picture proof or anything but Rain had seen somebody kind of lurking around her home and the girls had talked about a car lurking around the home and Rain believes that that was probably Donald and he might have so he might have targeted her very early on and who knows that day he might have seen them walking to Dollar General and, you know, started kind of following them around Dollar General, saw that Rain couldn't pay for the dress and that's how it begun. But he was known for calling children and saying obscene things to them on the phone and having stalking behavior. So it's not very far-fetched. It would make a lot of sense considering he did that to other children and young, young people, minors, really. So that's the story, honestly. There's really not much more to it. And all I could say is, you know, there are videos of Donald kind of confessing stupidly. He confesses in an interrogation room with his mother present because I guess he doesn't think that those rooms record and he's whispering, but you could definitely make out what he's saying. And, you know, I'll, I'll leave the video name on YouTube so you can search it and you could look at that if you'd like to. But basically he confesses and says he did see her in Dollar General and he took a fancy to her and he did want to try and help the family. And he, he did feel badly and he looked at it as a way to kind of right his wrongs. And I don't know if that's a bunch of bullshit. I mean, it probably is, but this is, this is his recount of everything. You know, I saw them. I wanted to do better. I wanted to do a good thing for them. And then before you know it, I had them in my van and I kind of lost sense of everything. Then he gets to Walmart and he sees the girls looking at clothes and he sees those shoes and it's almost like he loses control and he just starts to get aroused maybe. Um, by the thought of Cherish and God knows what else. And needless to say, he kind of freaks out. And if you watch the Walmart video footage, which again, I'm going to leave this all in my show notes. So you could check this out if you want. It is really creepy, but it's definitely worth watching because again, we're learning a lesson here, but you can kind of tell he starts getting antsy and angsty and if you watch interviews with Rain, she talks about how she could kind of feel his energy changing. And after being there for about an hour and a half, she starts to feel bad and is terrified that he's going to kind of ditch them and not buy the clothes for her children. And he's not going to own up to what he said he was going to do. And so she feels this, but it turns out it was kind of his own internal battle with himself. Like he felt himself losing control. And before he was going to do anything, he was making the excuse to go to McDonald's in which he didn't expect Rain to be allowed to go with him. And he was trying to hold his shit together. And needless to say, Rain went with him. McDonald's was closed. And he he says, who knows what's true, though. He says that he tells Cherish, you know, go back to your mom. Go back to your mom. I'm going to go outside. I'll be right back. But, you know, then we hear other stories. Like, then you hear from the witnesses that were out in the parking lot when he rolls down the window and says, Hey, we're going to go get some burgers at Wendy's if you want to join. So what did you really say? Did you really tell her to go back to her mom? Or did you really try to convince her to leave with you? Because I can't tell. I mean, in the videos, he is walking like ahead of her, like fast paced. So maybe he was, he was trying to get rid of her. And he says in his own interview, I mean, not the interview, the interrogation room that he tries to get rid of her. And when she won't get away, he gets extremely angry at her and says to the, his mother, you know, I just had to get rid of her. She had to go. She couldn't stay. She had to go. 
And that video, what he says in there is so callous and so cold. Like, it's unbelievable that it's a human being saying what he says. So again, I'm going to leave it in the show notes. Check it out. But that's what happens, my folks. And it's a horrible story and it's a horrible truth. But thank you for listening because you never know. Like, this could change somebody's life. If not, it could just alter your life in a way where you're more vigilant with your children. Um, You're more vigilant in everyday life when it comes to following your gut, even with minor decisions. You know, you know what's right at the end of the day and you know what's wrong at the end of the day. So just don't doubt yourself. Be rude when necessary. If you guys listen to Crime Junkie or any other podcasts, um, that have to do with true crime. You'll hear that a lot. Be rude. And I totally agree. Sometimes you need to be rude. And I find myself in weird situations. I remember um, I was going to community college and here on Long Island. And one night I was walking out of my anatomy and physiology class and it was 10 o'clock. We got out really late at night and because I had a lab. And as I'm walking out, this one parking lot I always parked in lot five, um, the lights were out. There was like one street light on in this big parking lot. And I was rushing to my car. And all of a sudden I see this guy who's my age, maybe a year older. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. He was an attractive looking guy, which obviously attractive people, someone like Ted Bundy, you put your guard down. It, It happens because for some reason, like even scientifically and psychologically proven, We're more likely to trust and want to assist prettier, more attractive people. And this guy was trying to get into his trunk. And he said to me, like, hey, can you help me? Like, I locked my stupid freaking keys in my trunk. I got to get home. Do you have anything that can help me? And at first I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I've seen the movies. I'm not going to do this. And this was 18, 19-year-old Brittany, um, you know, 20-year-old Brittany, somewhere around there. Actually, I had to be 18 or 19. So I'm like, no, I can't help you. And I see the desperation on this guy's face. And it turns out I know how to pick a car lock with a wire hanger because um, somebody very close to me taught me how to do that. God forbid I ever got stuck somewhere, whatever. And I had dry cleaning in the back of my car and I had a wire hanger. So I got the wire hanger out and I helped him open his trunk. And thank God his keys were actually there. He said, thank you so much. And we parted ways and he went home. But uh, damn, damn, how stupid am I? How stupid am I? He could have easily threw me in his trunk. He was around six foot, muscular. He could have easily threw me in his trunk. Who the hell knows? Look at all these people. I mean, I've covered Ed Kemper. I haven't talked about Ted Bundy in totality. I mean, I've mentioned him in some of my episodes, but... They were all co-ed killers, college-educated killers. They went for college-educated women, and they targeted them, and they killed them. Frickin' Bundy used a sling, said his arm was broken, needed help getting something in his trunk. Um, There you have it. They were done, just like that, lickety-split. Ed Kemper would drop chapstick, have them pick it up, and bam, bash their head in a dashboard. Um... The list goes on, man. And like I said, every day we make dumbass decisions. And I knew in my gut helping him was probably not the right thing to do, but I did it anyway because something just told me, you know, I don't know. Look at him. Is he really that? Is he that big of a threat? Hell yeah, he was. But like I said, you don't know. You don't know what you're going to do. I say it all the time like, ah, stupid idiot. I wouldn't have done that. Well, guess what? I did do that. I was a stupid idiot. I was the stupid idiot in a horror movie who shouldn't have done that. So I got lucky. I mean, thank God I wasn't meeting a psychopath in a college parking lot at 10 o'clock at night. So take that and do with it what you will. But please, guys, be safe. Be vigilant. I'm not saying be hyper vigilant psychopaths or helicopter parents. I'm not saying that at all. But it we need to make 2021 a year where we go with our gut. Okay, so I'm going to post some pictures. Obviously, I am not posting any types of autopsy related photos, nothing like that. But I will post key players in this court hearing. Of course, I've already posted a picture of Cherish to my Crime Ghoul Instagram account. And for those of you who don't know, my Instagram is Crime Ghoul underscore. 
on Twitter. My Twitter handle is just Crime Ghoul, and Facebook, you could find me by searching Crime Ghoul. So if you guys want to chat, you want to talk about this, let me know your feelings. Let me know what you thought about the case. Let me know if you know of any other cases similar, or tell me about a time you did something freaking dumb and how, like, what it could have been and what it wasn't, or maybe a time you did do something dumb and what became of it, because I think it's a good conversation piece, and it's it's good for people to talk about these things, because we're all so quick to hide stupidity and ignorance, but guess what? Like, most of the time, we're lucky enough to be ignorant and make a stupid mistake and be able to fix it or correct it, so it's something we should talk about and educate each other about, and we should discuss it. We shouldn't be afraid of it. We should be confronting it and realizing it's a weakness and we can change it. So with that being said, um, that's my video for this week. And I'm so excited to bring you guys more content. Like I said, it's really just important to bring these cases to light. And Cherish Periwinkle is one that I know was not heavily covered in the media. So I'm pleased and pleasure to have been able to bring her story to light because it's important and she suffered a great fate and it shouldn't go you know unnoticed and we should speak about these things and I know I repeated that a million times so if you don't think I feel that strongly about it obviously the repetition shows you so yeah chat with me on my social media accounts if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. Leave a comment so I know how I'm doing. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to hear. On my um, social media, drop some cases if there's anything you want to hear. Maybe I'll cover it. But until then, I hope you guys have a great week, and I'll chat with you next week, and I hope to hear from you guys soon. So be safe, be rude, don't be dumb, go with your gut, and yeah, peace and love, all right? Till next time. Bye, guys.